This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. And thank you for tuning in. It's Saturday night. It's June. It's at least a hot summer night. Well, I could say not hot, but cool. And uh, we're glad that you're tuned in. Don't touch that dial. God has a supernatural plan that he wants to meet with you at tonight. We believe in the healing power of the Holy Ghost. We believe in deliverance. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles. And we believe in the Word of God. And we have a word for you tonight, straight from the Bible and straight from the mouth of the Spirit. And I want you to do me a favor tonight. I want you to hook your spirit up with the living God and ask Him to meet you tonight so that you can receive what He has for you. And I know that you're not going to be disappointed. We want to also say before we get started, thank you to all of our partners that tune in on a regular basis. I get letters and emails from people that say we love your show and we're very appreciative uh, of you coming on at this late night hour. And so we thank every partner that prays for us, those that write us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, uh, you know, we thank you the ones that like to write us mail and handwritten letters we get and typed out letters. Thank you so much for corresponding with us. Thank you for your testimonies, and they're a blessing to us. And uh, thank you for all those that send us financial support and contribution. We want you to know that your contributions and your financial support are going uh, and furthering this broadcast and furthering the Word of God. Uh, we just have a show now on in, in Boston, Massachusetts. It's been going on now for two weeks. It's been getting good feedback. And uh, so we're going to open up another broadcast as soon as we can in another city in the Midwest, but I won't say where uh, until we get it up. But thank you for your support and thank you for your help as we continue to preach forth the Word of God, what He's saying in this day and in this hour. Uh, also, for people that can't make the show, we have a podcast on the road with Chris Palmer. So if you are looking to listen and get these broadcasts, you can go on iTunes or, uh, you know, if you have an Android, whatever, the corresponding program. You can tell I'm a Mac guy. <laughs> and you could go and find the podcast on the road with Chris Palmer. And uh, it will be a blessing to you. Are you ready for the Word of God tonight? I want to pray and let you know we're live. Uh, 313-838-1035. I want to pray with you tonight. If you have a need to be delivered, if you have a need for healing, listen, there's a presence that's in this uh, radio studio with me tonight. If you're listening and you want prayer tonight, 313-838-1035. Call. We'll field your questions and we'll pray with, we will pray with you and believe God tonight that he will direct you and heal you and set you free. And uh, so 313-838-1035, you have an addiction, you have a habit, you have some type of reoccurring activity in your life that you want to be stopped. And I'm just listening to the Spirit now as I, uh, as I speak and I talk tonight. Somebody you're listening, uh, I just hear the Lord say, somebody you're listening tonight, you have a weird fascination with something. Something bizarre, you're dealing with something very bizarre. And that's a spirit. And God wants to set you free. There is freedom tonight. And you know what I'm saying. You, in your mind, you're dealing with some type of bizarre thinking, bizarre thoughts. Call tonight. 
313-838-1035. God wants to deliver you, and He wants to set you free, and He wants to break the power of that thing over your life. I want to go to the Word of God tonight. It says here in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Verse number 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now I want to drop down to verse number 10, which says here, You have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. I want to start a new series tonight on the radio, entitled The Image of God. And actually we'll call it The Image of Christ. I want to speak to you concerning the revelation of Jesus Christ and the image of God that's within you. And I'm just going to be led by the Spirit in the next few weeks to just unravel this revelation. And let me just say this first. Uh, One of the greatest ways that you can study your Bible is to begin to pick a particular chapter, a particular uh, book of the Bible, and start running it through your spirit as many times as you can do it. And in uh, April, the Spirit of God directed me to take the book of Colossians and read it 50 times. Now, Colossians is only four chapters. That's 200 chapters. And I was to meditate, given the assignment by the Spirit to meditate the book of Colossians 50 times, 200 chapters, put that through my spirit, and pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, I know some of our listeners uh, don't agree necessarily with praying in the Spirit, but I will tell you this. Praying in the Holy Ghost is the most important thing uh, you, one of the most important things you can do as a believer when you pray in the Spirit, and I'm going to get to that in this series and talk about the importance of praying in tongues. It's available for every believer, and it is available for you to do, and when you do that, you are going to begin to open up the doorway and the access point beyond the veil of the natural into the veil of the spirit realm where things take place that affect this natural realm. And when you do that and you be, you, you read a book of the Bible, and if you practice going through it 50 times, things are going to begin to open up for you, and it's going to begin to launch authority in your life. But let me say this tonight. Let me, I want to start off with this statement, and I want to say this. And remember, we're live, 313-838-1035. But let me say this tonight. To speak revelatory, when I start talking to you about revelation, and when I say revelatory, and Paul says the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, When I start speaking to you about revelation, I'm talking about those things that I have seen beyond the veil of the natural. And so to speak by revelation means that the eyes of your inner man have seen into another realm and have passed to you the understanding from that place. We get so caught up as believers sometimes just focused on this realm. That we're living in. You look at your problem. You look at your difficulty. You look at your success. You look at where you are today. But many times we forget that there is another realm. And that realm is just as real as this natural realm that we're living in. Every believer, every person that believes in Jesus should be able to talk about the things that they have seen beyond the veil, more or less. What makes you a believer in Jesus, other than the fact 
that you have at one point in your life seen beyond the curtain of the natural and you have seen into the spirit realm. Or you say, Brother Palmer, I've never seen into the spirit realm. Oh, yes, you have. It takes seeing into the spirit realm or an understanding of spiritual things to know that you have and were born a sinner. That you were born with a sin problem. And that you needed freedom from that sin problem. And it took another revelation to understand that Jesus Christ came to the earth to die for you and to set you free. That he came as a sinless man. That God, that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. That he came and shed his blood so that you could have salvation. That kind of thinking there does not make sense. It makes zero sense to nobody that has seen beyond that realm. But when the Spirit of God, you heard the word preached, the Spirit of God got a hold of your heart. And he took the eyes of your heart and brought them past the curtain of the natural. You saw that something took place in your life and you were born again. Now we talked a little bit about being born again. Now I have a book coming out in September called The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. And I'll be launching a campaign to advertise that as soon as it comes out. But it explains being born again very thoroughly. What exactly happened? Well, you were born again. Now, listen. The first transformation that you received as a believer took place the moment that your eyes excelled past the natural into the spirit. The minute that you saw into that realm, transformation took place in your heart. So listen, the transformation of a believer occurs when you get into that dimension. And if your first transformation began when the eyes of your heart entered into that dimension then you can set a precedent and a principle and know that every time that the eyes of your spirit man get into that dimension, transformation is going to begin to take place in your life. Transformation as a believer occurs when you see beyond the veil. You say, how come I don't have transformation in my life? I go to church, I hear sermons. I listen and I have friends and I fellowship with them and they're Christian friends. I listen to Christian music, but you haven't seen Beyond the Veil. <laughs> when I was in youth group a long time ago, <laughs> I think about it now, that was a long time ago. I have friends that uh, used to throw out all their secular music. They say, I'm getting serious about God right now and I'm getting rid of all this secular music. And I'm throwing it in the trash can. And they would throw it in the trash can and if that's what they wanted to do, that's what they wanted to do. I'm not commenting on whether you should do that or not that's between you and God but they would see no transformation in their life and those same people that were throwing that stuff in the trash can they couldn't change no change was produced because change doesn't come by making a decision to do that you could throw secular music in the trash can but the only thing now is you're going to have CDs in the trash can and that's the only thing that's going to come as a result of it because omitting that kind of music from your life or omitting something from your life you'll be without something but your life has to be filled with something and transformation occurs when you receive heavenly sustenance into the mind of your spirit that's the only thing that can produce a change because transformation deals with your heart 
And the only person that can touch and change your heart is the Holy Ghost. And so for transformation to begin, it comes through nothing outwardly. People fast. I got off a three-day fast not too long ago. It is good to fast. Because what it does is it wrangles up your flesh. And it, you know, you know, just comes and helps your flesh out. Puts it under. Your spirit man comes alive. And what it does is it puts it in control so that your spirit man can be more sensitive. And when God begins to speak to you, there is more of a possibility for your heart to be changed and touched. I've gone, when, when I'm at a cross point in my life, a, a fork in the road, I'll go on a fast and I notice that in that fast God speaks clearly. But here's the thing, the fast is not what changed you. It is the fact that God was able to, you were able to move your flesh out of the way so that God could touch your heart. And what changed you was that God got a hold of your heart. It wasn't the fast that changed you. God was able, through that fast, to get a hold of your heart. And the, ch- the, the change in your heart is what changed you. And so, we understand that transformation begins as a result of something that takes place in your heart. And that's why God is after your heart. Now, let me say this tonight. It says here uh, in Philippians... Chapter 2 and verse 5. I want to read this. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, when you talk to scientists, or you talk to just anybody that knows anything about the brain and the mind and the functionality of a human being, you'll discover that human beings are told that we don't see with our eyes. We see with our brain and we see with our mind. And the reason why a blind person who's had their eyes poked out are unable to see with their mind is because what the eyeball does is the eyeball illuminates the mind, allows the light to come in. Light is projected off every image, and so, or everything that is physical. And so when the light comes off that image and goes into our eyes, it allows our brain to make light and see what that light is projecting to us. So you don't see with your eyes, you see with your brain and you see with your mind. And so having the mind of Christ, the word their mind, means that you, it says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Another way you could say it, understanding that we see with our mind, is see the way that Christ saw. And in order to see the way that Christ saw, it's important to recognize where was Christ operating from. Christ walked the earth, he healed the sick, he cast out devils. He had tremendous spiritual insight. He was able to sit down and teach the multitude for days at a time. And he produced the power and the supernatural power of Almighty God. And that leads me to understand that when Christ began his ministry, he was not coming from the point of the natural. He wasn't in this dimension. He was ministering from a different dimension. And when I talk to preachers and Younger guys that are my age that come to me and ask me how, you know, they see me getting started in the ministry or have gotten started. I've been doing it for five years. And some younger guys say, well, you know, I want to get started in the ministry and I want to preach and I want presence and power in my service. How do you access that? And I tell them the presence of God and the power of God does not come from this dimension that we're living in with our physical eyes. We're living in a three-dimension world. But the power of God and the presence of God is spiritual. You can't see it with your physical eye can't touch it with your physical hands but it exists in a different realm 
So to order, in order to get into that dimension, you're going to have to access it through your spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, the answer to your prayer is in the spirit realm. The answer to your, uh, the longing of your heart is in the spirit realm. There has to be a way for you to get into that. And the way to do that is through getting your spiritual mind into that realm. So it says, let this mind be in you, or see the way that Christ saw. Look at things the way that Christ looked at things. When, when all of the disciples said, there is not enough money to buy bread and fish and feed the multitudes, they looked and they counted the cost, and they looked at it from the, natu- in the natural realm. Jesus never saw it that way. He looked at it from the spiritual realm. He knew that it was possible to create a miracle because in the spirit realm, 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 4. 2 plus 2 could equal 16 or 25. Things don't make sense and they make faith in that realm. And so when you get the Holy Spirit, He begins taking not your eyes of your spirit man. He takes the understanding of your spirit man, your spirit man's mind into that dimension and begins revealing those things to you. So your process as a believer, where we've been missing it all this time, is we're saying, God, give me an answer. God, give me an answer. Have you ever prayed that before? Have you said, God, give me an answer? Lord, I'm waiting for an answer. Give me an answer. Well, yeah. But what you're asking God to do is you're saying, God, will you come from your dimension into my dimension and give me that answer? But he'll look at you and say, I already did that when I sent Jesus. I came down from the heavenly place. It says, listen to what it says here. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What dimension was that when it says that he was in the form of God? He didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. This is talking about when he sat in heavenly places with the Father. This is talking about when this is the pre-incarnate existence of God. In Colossians chapter 1, it says that who being in the form of God, he was the express, when he came as Jesus, he was the image of the invisible God. But before that, he was the invisible God who dwells in a light that no man can approach. So Philippians 2.6 is saying, this is talking about his pre-incarnation in a realm that is much higher than this three-dimensional natural realm that we're living in. But it says in verse number 7 that he, with, because of this mind, he came down into the realm that we're living in and visited us. Why did he do that? He did that so that he could send us, that he could reconcile us unto God and give us his Holy Spirit. So he came down to us first so that he could raise us up to sit together in heavenly places so that we could see the way that he saw. So saying, God, send me an answer isn't sufficient. What God is saying is, I sent you Jesus Now you take the eyes of your spirit and you bring them up to where I'm at because that is where your answer is at. Your answer is not saying, God, send it down to me. Your answer is saying, God, pick me up to where you're seated at, where the answer exists. And so he's looking at you saying, I wouldn't have, you wouldn't beg me for answers if you learned how to train the mind of your spiritual man to sit and to think and to concentrate. And to break the veil of the natural. We're live tonight, 313-838-1035. If you have prayer tonight, 
You need deliverance. You need a touch from God. Don't be shy. Call in tonight. I want to pray with some people. I feel God's anointing here. Don't let an opportunity pass you. Don't let an opportunity pass you by. God wants to do something exceeding abundant above all that you could ask, think, or imagine. Now, I'm going to make this statement tonight. Having the mind of Christ, like I said before, doesn't mean that we simply look at a scripture on a refrigerator and say, Ah, oh, that's a great scripture. That was beautiful. That was nice. I'm, I think I renewed my mind. Renewing your mind doesn't even mean reading the Bible. It doesn't mean quoting scripture. Renewing your mind. Re- actual, actual renewing your mind, as talked about in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, means that the word, the rhema, the spoken word of God, has to spiritualize itself. If you take the Word of God and put it in your brain, then the Word of God is just going to access the different parts of your brain. Your memory, it'll get into your consciousness, maybe even your subconsciousness. But if your spiritual mind gets a hold of the Word of God, It's going to produce a spiritual change and it's going to start affecting your spiritual part of you, which is your heart. So renewing your mind is not necessarily talking about your brain. It's talking about the inner mind of your spirit. And the Word of God has to be spiritual. If the Word of God remains natural, it's only going to be in your brain. But if it gets spiritual and becomes spirit, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, these words are spirit and they are life. So the Word of God is spiritual. So it has to get it has to become spiritual. It has to turn from just natural words into spiritual words, and it has to get into your spirit. And who's the one that can take the natural words that is on the onion skin pages of your Bible and put it in his hands and start turning into spiritual sustenance and get it into the mind of your spirit, the Holy Spirit? That's why he came. And so when you need an answer to your problem, it's not begging God to send an answer. It's asking and petitioning the Holy Spirit. To take the word of God and make it spiritual sustenance by getting a hold of your mind and sending it through into your mind. That is what the word of God is for. Amen. So, I want to make this statement tonight. Is that you will only demonstrate what dwells in your heart. Therefore, you cannot demonstrate... What doesn't dwell in your heart? Anything that you truly, truly demonstrate in your life is what is dwelling in your heart right now. That is what God is most concerned about. What dwells right now? Ask yourself this question. What dwells in your heart? You have a spiritual mind... You know, I've used this example on the air several times before, but I really like this example because it really is a foundational verse for this teaching. When I talk about the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man looked at Lazarus, he said, Lazarus, dip your finger in the water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in the flame while they're talking, they're having conversation. You see fingers, you see tongues going in here, you see eyeballs, you see bodies, so... The spirit, these are disembodied spirits. The spirit man has a finger, the spirit man has a tongue. So the spirit man basically looks the way that it's supposed to look. And because of that, 
if that's the case, then the spirit has a mind. And I submit this to you tonight, listener, that the devil or the enemy is after that mind and God is jealous over the mind of your spirit. God is jealous over that mind. He doesn't he doesn't want anybody or any entity or any spiritual thing or any person to have control over your spiritual mind. Because whatever has control of that mind, whatever has access to your spiritual mind is going to determine what you start dwelling on, what will dwell in you and ultimately the thing that you will, as a believer, start demonstrating. So if the spirit of doubt and the spirit of unbelief gets a hold of your spiritual mind, you're going to be full of doubt and you're going to be full of unbelief. But if the the Holy Ghost, who is the spirit of faith, who is joy, who is love, if he gets a hold of it, then guess what? You're going to start demonstrating that. But guess what he also is? He's a spirit of power. He's a spirit of miracles. He's a spirit that can look at sickness like a gladiator and strike it down, break it apart. Someone said to me one time, they said, why is it that we don't see miracles? Why is it that we don't see people uh, manifesting the power of God in these services? I said, well, I don't know the exact reason why it doesn't happen where you're at. I said, but I do know a very, very true spiritual principle. And that is you can't manifest what doesn't uh, live within you. If you have poverty living inside of you you're going to live broke if you have pride living inside of you you're going to live proud if you have lust living inside of you you're going to live lustfully very simple it's very profound but my point that I'm making as we start this series on the image of Christ is that now listen now listen this is very important your spiritual mind produces a spiritual image within. And God is very jealous over it because whatever image you see is the what is going to see the, an image is given to you to determine how you are supposed to act, how what an image causes you to produce action. It causes you to produce uh, the way you're going to live. Images determine how you live. You think, what do I want to go eat? You think of a restaurant, but you've seen it in the image, and that's where you go. What movie do I want to see? You think about, oh, I went and saw Superman, and you, you're thinking back upon that movie, because you see your mind, your physical mind is full of these images that you saw, your brain is full of memory from what you saw in Superman, but guess what? The mind and your spirit is the same way. And whatever gets a hold of it, your spiritual mind has a spiritual memory and is following spiritual memories and spiritual things. And you are going to start living and whatever you give authority to have access to that is what's going to determine what dwells in you. So I said to this person, I said, I don't know why you don't have the miracles. I don't know why you don't have the power. I don't know why you don't have the move of the spirit. But you have to make a decision and ask yourself what what has control of your spiritual mind? And if it's the spirit of faith and power, then there's going to be great boldness when you lay hands on the sick. You can always determine what dwells in somebody based upon 
the boldness they have. When you really believe something, there's passion, there's boldness, there's conviction. You ever hear a preacher talking about something and he's all over the place and he just doesn't sound that convinced? Well, it's because he's not. That's because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or he, and because he doesn't know what he's talking about, he's not convinced of what he's talking about. Either A, he doesn't believe it and has another motive for preaching it, or B, he just <laughs> may agree with it, but he's never seen evidence and he's never seen proof of it. Okay? So, that comes from carelessness and not seeing it or so I tell young preachers and, and, and ministers and teachers, listen, don't get a hold of something and start preaching it unless your spiritual mind has seen it, unless the eyes of your spirit man has been there on it and is able to file it away. So you have an image of it. So the um, principle here is that you can't demonstrate what's not dwelling deep in your heart. And because the enemy knows that, because the devil sees that, he wants to get your heart filled with the wrong thing. He wants to get you full of unbelief. So when you go to pray for somebody that is sick and somebody that is full of the devil and somebody that's tormented and bound, you, they have a, they have a, they're bound and they stand before you and the image, see, when you go to, and stand in front of somebody to pray for that person, there's an image that's going to be in front of that person and if it's the image of doubt and failure and unbelief and that's what you're conscious of, that's what's going to be demonstrated when you pray for them. Doubt, unbelief, failure, and it'll be obvious to everybody. Some people, and then when that's the case, some people try to overcompensate for it and be loud in their way they talk and be aggressive in the way they lay hands on that person and be, you know, and scream and yell and make great spectacle about it. Or they shy away with false humility and, 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 and you know, uh, and try to act unassuming and, and non-confrontational. And that doesn't work either. But when you're really convinced... When you really have the image inside of you, you always know what to do and you'll be full of conviction and you'll be full of boldness and you'll be full of confidence that when you pray for this person, something's about to change. The image of Christ that lives inside of you, you bring it before that sickness and the disease and you cast that disease out and you tell that sickness to go and you break the power of it over their life and that's because it's the image inside of you that's doing the work. You have the image of Christ. Because you've seen God with your spiritual mind. You've gotten beyond the veil with your spiritual mind. A lot of times, the preachers, the only thing they bring into the pulpit is theology. Now, I like theology. I'm a theologian, and I believe in having good doctrine. I believe in having the Word of God. And I believe in knowing and, and studying theology. I have a degree in it. But I also understand that the Word of Christ that is supposed to dwell in us richly is the spoken rhema Word of God. It includes spiritual understanding. You can sit in a, sem in, a, in a seminary for years and never have any spiritual understanding from the Word of God. Now, in the book of Colossians, Paul says that, hey, he tells the church of Coloss, he says, when we were told of your love for the brethren, when we were told of the grace of God that abounds towards you, when we are told of your unity that's in the faith, we don't cease to pray for you and desire that you be full of the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. What was the spiritual understanding that he was referring to? Let me read this verse to you. It says in verse number three, 
we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Now, what did he pray? He says, since we heard of your faith in Christ, the love which you have to the saints, the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. He says, in verse number 9, we, we don't cease to pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He got aggressive about telling them that now that you're born again, the war that you are dealing with is in the mind of your spirit. He didn't say your natural understanding. Listen, you're, 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 as a believer, your natural understanding can be all screwed up and your spiritual understanding break open with the Word of God and your spiritual understanding is going to straighten out your natural understanding of things. There are things now, unless... This kid's going to be a, 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 this this statement is going to sound contradictory for a second. It might not make the most sense to you, but unless you've had this happen to you, you won't be able to understand it uh, because it really doesn't make sense. But in the spiritual realm, I told you just before, not everything makes sense. It doesn't make sense to see a tumor disappear in somebody's body. It doesn't make sense to see blind eyes popping open. It doesn't make any sense, but it happens all the time. Is that, you know, you can, you can have a spiritual understanding of something, but your mind or your brain not really understand it. Inside, you get it. And then when you send that up into your mind, your, your logical mind and your natural mind, it makes zero sense to you. That happens all the time. But you're certain, but your brain's not sure. That's because you're dealing now, you're taking, see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we compare spiritual things with spiritual. If you compare spiritual things with natural reasoning, now you're going to get all messed up. It's not going to work out for you. So, you compare it, spiritual things with spiritual. Let me say this. Okay, so we know that what we demonstrate has to dwell in us. Here's the problem that we have today. We want and we tell and we exhort people from the pulpit all the time, you need to be like Christ. And someone sitting in church says, I need to be like Christ. You're a Christian. You know, when you're a preacher and you're a pastor and you have a good church work that you're building and people get saved, one thing that is a hallmark or a touchstone of being saved is that you have the desire to do right. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You have a desire to do good things that God wants you to do. So you're full of zeal, outgoing, you want to be a go-getter, you want to do something for Jesus. And they say, you need to do something for Christ. We've got to be like Jesus here. And so you go out and you paint a house, go feed the homeless, bring a couple of toys in for Christmas, buy a couple of turkey dinners for people in the city that are in need, and those are great things. And I encourage you in your church to get involved in those things. But those things cannot be replaced. Okay? cannot be replaced if if you replace them how much I, I want to say it right because I want to get this you cannot use those things to replace you allowing the mind of Christ to dwell inside of you you cannot be what Christ is until you see what Christ saw, and you can't see what Christ saw until you allow your mind to go where Christ's mind went. Okay, I'm saying it again. You can't be what Christ 
was until you see what Christ saw. And you can't see what he saw until your mind goes to where Christ's mind went when he walked the earth. And now let me say this. When Christ was operating in the miracle power that he was operating in, when he was operating in the spirit of wisdom, there's, there's, now listen, there's different spirits that Christ Jesus operated in. He operated in the spirit of counsel. He operated in the spirit of understanding. He operated, you know, the spirit of wisdom. Isaiah, the prophet, lists those spirits for us. And I can go on and on with those things. But those spirits operated in Jesus in his ministry. That ministry opened up for Jesus when he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He was a son of God. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. People get born again a lot of times. And they think this is the end of the road for me. Well, you're saved. You're adopted into the family of God. I'm not talking about being adopted into the family. Jesus was part of the family of God. He was born of God. Okay? John chapter 1. But he was in the family of God. But God wasn't satisfied with just that. He was pleased by it. It was acceptable. He was in his family. But he wanted to Jesus to be empowered. So he sent the Holy Ghost upon Jesus. And then Jesus got full of the spirit of counsel, full of the spirit of wisdom. And guess what happened? The Holy Ghost got a hold of the eyes of his spirit and began to launch Jesus into a supernatural ministry. Well, Brother Palmer, how could you say something like that? How could you say that Jesus didn't, couldn't do that ministry until the Holy Ghost came upon him? Because he couldn't. Because he was a man. He walked the earth as a man. He had to resist temptation. He was able to be tempted because he was human. And the devil could tempt him because of that. And because you're human, you need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. When you get to heaven, you think you're going to need the baptism of the Holy Ghost when you get to heaven? You're in heaven. There's, there, every, the curse has been broken. The power of the devil has been broken on the earth, but the curse hasn't been lifted. It's still here. You can operate above it, but you need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Why? It's still here. That's why you need to be filled and baptized with the Spirit of God. We're going to go to the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to be godly. 313-838-1035. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back shortly after this break.
WMUZ Detroit. Buy an HD radio and experience amazing crystal clear digital sound and listen online at WMUZ.com. We are back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. We want to thank you again for tuning in and listening to us tonight. It's June and I hope you're enjoying your summertime. And we want to thank you for tuning in. You, you know, people in the summertime, they like to go out to the shows. They like to go to the movie theater. They like to do a lot of fun things. And, and uh, so thank you for tuning in and being with us during these summer months. And uh, also, if you want to be a partner with us, you want to financially contribute to the Transforming Truth radio broadcast, send in uh, your uh, love offering to P.O. Box 403, Walt Lake, Michigan, 48390. We appreciate your giving and your support. The Bible says that God's will is that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. There's a very real principle in giving. When you give, it comes back to you. It says in Luke 38, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you give, you don't give into the hands of man. You give into the hands of Jesus Christ. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also what you spend your money on. What you give to, it determines what you care most about. God is going to look at you on the day of judgment and he's going to take into consideration the things that you love the most on the earth. And one of the devices that he's going to use to measure that by is what you did with the money that you were given. Did you give it to the kingdom of God? Did you bless the work of the Lord? Did you give into the kingdom? Were you concerned about what God is most concerned about? Or did you just spend it on yourself? And so I believe in tithing. I believe in going above the tithe, which is the tithe is 10%. And above the tithe is offerings, giving to uh programs like the Transforming Truth Radio Broadcast and Chris Palmer Ministries and I believe you should tithe to you know your church and your church home or the ministry that you're a part of and give and it comes back to you. I can tell you that the great blessings in my life have been because I give financially to the work of God that I believe in and it's very important to the Lord. So we love you and we thank you for that uh, tonight. Now we're talking tonight about the image of God, the image of Christ Jesus dwelling in you and it's a series that we're beginning here on the broadcast. Right after we talked about the, the hidden man of the heart, understanding the, spirit of, the spiritual nature and the spiritual makeup of man. One of the things that happens in Christianity is we get so concerned. Now the message of Christianity, now let me just say this. The message of Christianity is Jesus. And that is extremely important that we keep Christ Jesus as our, Jesus Christ as our center, as our focus. He's the center of our faith. He's the object of our faith. He's what we put our faith in. He's what we know. He has given us grace. He is grace. And he's mercy. And he's love and flesh that's wrapped itself in flesh that came down to visit us but there are other aspects in the word of God that complement that and one of those things is understanding the spiritual makeup of a human being and how that works and there's things in the Bible that talk about it and break it down and when you can understand that you can make uh, more you receive understanding how to get into the spirit realm to deepen your relationship with Jesus and walk closer to him when we do things by the flesh don't forget this when we do things by the flesh we end up parking ourselves in religion and we get stuck there and when we're stuck in religion avenue and the neighborhood of of dry religious tradition then we stop keeping up with the move of God you know, there is a continual move of God upon the earth. What he did in 1975, he's doing more today, and he's continually progressing. I find it extremely interesting that when you study science, and I want to take a side note here and say this. I was meditating this, this week. When you study science, you'll find 
that the universe that we live in, our solar system, even the universe is continually expanding. Scientists say our universe, as big as it is, it is expanding at an enormous rate. And it's growing continuously. Space is creating itself. And I don't understand scientifically how all that happens, but it's what scientists that understand, they say that's what's going on. And then they say that when you even look out into the into the cosmos and the heavenlies there's universes on top of our universe and around our universe and there's just universe after universe <laughs> after all those billions of stars that comprise our universe there's more universes on top of that and it's all expanding and, and, and our solar system as our universe expands our solar system is racing through the universe where our sun and moon and our body is it's just flying through our universe just wow at an enormous rate God, I believe, does that on purpose. It's like that for a reason. Things are continually progressing. Things are continually expanding. God is continually showing more of his infiniteness. And that's when it comes to his mind and his understanding, he is continually, bit by bit, revealing more of himself to humanity and to people. And when we want a move of God and we want to keep, a, it, 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 see, we look, we, we have a move of God and then we stop. And then we have a move of God and then we stop. And we have a move of God. God doesn't want us just to keep having a move of God. That was a great move of God, they said. Oh, we had a good move of God. How was the meetings? Oh, we had a good move of God. Hey, listen, God doesn't want us to have a move of God. He wants us to move with God. I'm going to say that again. We're not just to have a move of God. We're looking for a move of God. God wants us to have or to move with God. And in order to move with God, you have to have the mind of God. To know where he's going. To know where he's going to be. Or if you follow God, you need to know where he's going. Or you can end up getting lost or stuck. It's like when you're following somebody on the freeway. You know, I was this week, uh, there's some people in town. And they say, we're going to follow you to the restaurant. And I said, okay, follow me there. But they didn't know where I was going because they didn't have my mind. And we were going to the restaurant. They ended up getting lost because they're trying to follow me and they didn't have my mind and they got lost. They couldn't keep up. But if they knew where my mind was at, they could have stuck behind me. Even if they got cars got in front of me and, and, and you know, I was driving too fast or whatever. They said, ah, you know what? I know his mind. I know what freeway he's going to get on. And we're going to end up at the same place. And we're going to follow each other. Well, if you don't have the mind of God, you can't move with God. And to have the mind of God means that you need to have the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the mind. He is the intelligence of God. He is, you say, how could you say something like that? Well, isn't he the teacher? When you're sitting in the classroom, I think about my third grade teacher and my fourth grade teacher sitting in the classroom with 20 or 30 students present. Who is the brain in that classroom? The student or the teacher? Who has the mind? Who, whose mind am I seeking when I'm in the classroom? The teachers. But who's the intelligent one? The teacher. So who has the intelligence? The teacher. Well, guess what? On the earth, the highest intelligence is the Holy Ghost. And when we get his mind and he reveals that mind to us, we can keep up and we can move with God. And that's the important thing to do. Holy Spirit, what is your mind? When he does that, now listen. When God reveals his mind to us, when God moves, see, God is always moving. 
What do you think is going to happen when the new Jerusalem comes down to the earth? As it talks about in Revelation chapter 21. See, God's coming to us. He's bringing new Jerusalem down to us. He li- for whatever reason, he likes this earth. I mean, his earth, this earth that we're living, it says, in, let me just say this. Uh, John, Revelation 21 verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first earth. The first heaven and first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven out of, coming out from God, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And here comes, he's, in, in scripture, he's always moving. Look at when, in Exodus chapter 33, when, uh, when God passed by Moses, he was moving. Okay? He's always on the move. He's always progressing. That's because he's infinite. And he has to... Can, if, 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 if God stopped moving, he would cease to be infinite. And so we have to have his mind. Where, where is he going? Where, where are we going? Let's keep following him. It's getting more and more exciting. It's getting, but when we think that we have all of God, when we think that we have... See, here, let me just say this is what happens. A prophet of God. A man of God will get ahead of his time because he's tapped the mind of the Spirit. And God will start revealing something to him where he's at today. And then he starts preaching it to the body of Christ. And the body of Christ says, Wow, we've never heard this before. We've never seen this. This is, I don't want to say it's new, but it's where God's mind is at today. And it's totally scriptural. Let, let me just say that again. It's totally scriptural. But, it's, but I'm talking about the prophetic spoken rhema word of God. Okay, so he does that. Well, what happens is, because it's so successful, then, then, people say, this, is, this was it. This was our visitation. This was our encounter with God. And it has to be like this the rest of our life. But wait a second. He's still speaking. He's still ministering. He's still releasing his word. He's still saying, hey... Keep coming. Keep keep building upon what I gave you, but keep on getting more. Keep on getting more. Get more. Get more. Get more. And when you stop, listen, God moves the mind of God, his understanding. God moves with that, but God moves with his presence. God moves with his glory. And if you stop following the mind of God, and you stop following what he's saying in that hour, and you stay stagnant, and you hit the brakes, and you stay put, God keeps on going, and he moves with his glory, and he moves with his understanding and he moves with his presence and guess what here you are with what God was saying and it's still the truth and it was what he was saying and it's still the truth but guess what he's moved on with his presence he's moved on with his glory he's moved on with his authority he's moved on with those things and you're still there enjoying what was said and you're no longer aligned with what he was saying and he's taking his presence with him so we need to stay hooked up to the mind of the spirit and we need to stay hooked up with what the Holy Ghost is saying for this hour and for this moment. Because he travels with his presence. And he travels with his glory. That's why our heart needs to be lined up. So that we can understand what he's saying in that moment and what he's saying in that hour. Friend, you can do that by praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying out mysteries. Praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit. Paul said... Pray in the Spirit at all times. You can do that by worship. I know this. 
that when you get into the presence of God, He releases His mind to you. When you get in the presence of God, there, see, there's nothing like the. If you want something to change your heart, the Word of God will affect your spiritual mind, but the presence of God also softens your heart. You become sensitive to God. You know, see, if you don't spend time in the presence of God, and you're not keeping up with God, and you don't spend time in His presence, then you get around things that are not of God, and you are not sensitive to the presence. You know how you know something is of God? Is the presence of God on that person's life. You know, people that are dating, that want to get in relationships, you should immediately ask yourself, does this person have the presence of God on their life? Well, why do they need to have the presence of God on their life? Because God's very picky about what He rests His presence on. And one thing that God rests His presence on the most is an understanding of who He is or revelation knowledge. I don't know why it's designed like this. I mean, I'm sure there's an answer. But I don't, I don't have it tonight. But I'll say this. God picks revelation and rests His presence on that revelation. Have you ever been reading the Word of God? And I don't mean just knowledge of the Word, but you, you're reading the Word and bam, a, revel, like a, a, a lightning revelation hits you and strikes you. And you say, wow, this is a tremendous, a tremendous revelation from God. Well, guess what follows it? The presence of God. And guess what happens? Now, because the presence has met the revelation, the revelation dwells in you. And the presence comes upon you. So you have now something dwelling in you, and you have something now upon you. And guess what you have become a qualifier to do? You have become a qualifier to demonstrate the power of God. You become qualified to demonstrate that which dwells in you and which dwells upon you. What did Jesus say about the Holy Ghost? Oh, see, I must close with this. He said that the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, He said He shall be in you, He shall be with you, He shall be upon you. The Holy Spirit and His mind is in you and His presence is upon you. How can you lose when you have Him in you and you have Him upon you? Praise God, you have the Holy Ghost in you, and He's upon you. You have His mind, and you have His presence. And when you have His mind, and you have His presence, that's a good indication that you are moving right along with God. And where He goes next, you're going to be, because you got the presence on you, you got the mind in you, and guess what? You are moving with God. But I only have the Word in me. Do you have the presence? Oh, I don't know if I have the presence. We need them both. They're both equally as important in our lives. God's presence is as valued as His Word because His presence rests upon His Word. It rests upon that revelation. And we do that when we get our mind into that spirit realm and we begin to step into that new dimension. Now I know, friend, the teaching today was a little heavy and deep, but I want to take my listeners deep, praise God. I want you to understand the deep things of God. I want you to be spiritually mature. One of the things and aspects and goals of this ministry is to mature people up in the Word of God. And so we put these on our podcast so that you can get them and obtain them and listen to them and feed your spirit throughout the week. Well, praise God, brother and sister, we love you. Again, you can uh, partner with us, chrispalmerministries.com. We'll be on next week. 12.15 a.m. on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. You can tune into our Boston show, 5.90 a.m., 7.30 p.m. in Boston. You can catch that on your iPhone or on your, on your iPad. 
We love you. Our book will be coming out soon. And so we thank you for all your help. And we thank you for your support. And we love you. We'll be on next week. If you have any questions, info at chrispalmerministries.com. Go to your home church tomorrow. Be a blessing to your pastor. Honor him. Tithe. Give to the work of the ministry. We love you. God bless you. And we will see you next week in Jesus' name. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash chrispalmerministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. For Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.